This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Happy Easter, happy Passover, wishing you every sweet wish for spring. Thank you for tuning in and shining on today. Last week, Brett Bevel stopped by for just a minute to explain Reiki, universal energy. And although I am a Reiki practitioner level three, meaning I've had three training sessions or initiations with a master teacher. Brett is a master whose brain I like to pick. He's written a lot of books on Reiki, and he has a great retreat coming up the first weekend in June at Omega in Rhinebeck. So let's raise our vibration today and reach out for a little or a lot of Reiki energy. How do we harness this? So when you get the initiation, it's going to really amplify the connection. Now, I think I think Reiki kind of exists everywhere. That's my own, my own personal belief. Uh, some Reiki masters might disagree with me but my my belief is it's a universal energy so it is everywhere but that when you're initiated it really amplifies your ability to focus it and direct it and that when you have that ability you can really create profound changes in yourself Mm -hmm. as well as uh, for friends family or if you're doing paid sessions for your clients as well okay so it's in me and it's outside of me Within you and without you. Within and without. Reiki energy is within and without. Okay, so I know Reiki energy can make my hands warm when I'm working on a client, and it can make them feel sometimes like a magnetic effect or tingling or warm or cold. Okay, that's when it's person to person. Can I also experience Reiki energy like out in the wild? Yeah, I think on some level you you can. I mean, I often will send Reiki to certain areas or to uh, situations, so you can feel it that way. You can also send it, like I sometimes send it to a room, so you'll ha- you can do spatial clearings and feel the energy that way. So it doesn't always have to be a physical hands-on, you know, one person to another connection. It can be much larger than that. Um, I know a lot of Reiki healers who actually send Reiki to different parts of the planet to, to bring healing to you know different things that are happening on the planet. So it's a very uh, kind of a wide lens in terms of how you can use it. Okay. How do I know I'm sending it when I send it? Sure. So when you're sending it, you would be trained up through the second level in Reiki, so you would learn different uh, specific symbols for how to send it. When you're sending it, there's certain symbols that you invoke, and that allows you to send Reiki distantly through time and space. So, for example, I have a lot of clients who live in Hollywood, and I live in New York, so um, I will use those symbols when I'm sending healings to them out on the West Coast. And again, the feedback that I've had is always uh, very positive, that the the feelings really are felt uh, by the person who's receiving it, and a lot of positive healing and transformation occurs during these healings. Okay, so you have to use a Reiki symbol. What if it's not handy? I mean, I think what I'm trying to ask is, sure, you know, why does, why... Does Reiki always have to be tricky? Like, I want to send Reiki energy right now, but I can't think of the... Are you laughing at me? (laughs) Well, no, I'm laughing because I I totally get it. I mean, I'm talking more about traditional Reiki. There are some alternative techniques. I actually have a a book coming out in April called Psychic Reiki, which bypasses a lot of these more complex uh, symbols and allows you just to connect with energy directly and send it by basically just being in a mental conversation with the intelligence of the energy itself. And um, so there are other ways, alternative techniques that one could could use to to tap into that same energy yes but traditionally you would yeah you would need to be second degree and have the symbols okay all right so when you're in a mental conversation with the energy of with the energy itself what does that feel like 
So for me, that would happen, you would be empowered to something called a Reiki crystal, which is an energetic crystal sitting in front of the center of your heart chakra, in front of the center of your chest. And you would literally just tune in and uh, either with your voice whispering or just with your mind having literally like a conversation with the energy telling it to send Reiki to, let's say you have a stomach ache, you could tell it to send Reiki to your digestive system. And then usually within a second or two after sending that thought, uh, you would then feel the Reiki beginning to flow to that area of your body. Or if you're doing a treatment on somebody else or even a group, uh, you could send that thought again to the crystal. And then that Reiki will then start to emanate towards wherever your intention was in terms of directing it. Okay. And when you say crystal, you don't mean a physical crystal. Right. Yeah. I'm not talking about a physical crystal, but a, but an energetic crystal. An energetic Made crystal. Out of And you get the energetic crystal from a Reiki practitioner like yourself. Yeah, so again, this is a non-traditional technique, so uh, one could get it from anybody who's trained with me or, or from my book, Psychic Reiki. So it's, it's a not traditional technique, so not all Reiki masters would have this technique, but uh, certainly those that do could very easily pass it on. We're talking with Brett Bevel, who is going to do a whole weekend of Reiki at Omega this summer, or actually uh, late spring, and everyone is invited to attend this weekend and learn more, but I just want you to feel prepared and empowered that you can go and enjoy this weekend because you could get so much out of it. So uh, what is your relationship like with Reiki on a daily basis? Do you get up and like stretch and say, good morning, Reiki energy. I feel you in me. Or, you know, does it, is it parked somewhere? I mean, it's really, it's, it's as connected to me as my breathing. It's something that I'm doing all the time. So again, because of some of these techniques that are a little outside the box, I'm not always doing a full-blown self-treatment as taught in traditional Reiki with hands on my, you know, these different various hand positions. But I'm often sending Reiki, you know, at the office when I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm sending it to my little kid. I'm sending it to my wife. I'm sending it to the house to make sure the energy's in a nice vibration. You know, if I'm going on a on a road trip, I'm sending it to the road. So I'm literally, you know, sending Reiki all through the day. Right. And again, that's the beautiful thing about some of these alternative techniques is that it doesn't have to be an in-person paid-for session on the massage table, which that's beautiful too, but it's a more expansive way where you can really bring it into every aspect of your life. How different is it then from just sending a good wish or sending a prayer or visualizing a good outcome? Yeah, so I mean, I think those those techniques are certainly important and, and useful. But what I've noticed is that with Reiki, uh, particularly those people who are energy sensitive, that they'll actually feel it. So, for example, I often do energy healings on large groups of people simultaneously, uh, maybe 30, 40, 50 people in a room or sometimes via the web. And I always get this profound, almost immediate feedback of people like, wow, we really felt that. If I was just sitting in a room with 40 or 50 people and just sending them good thoughts and wishing them, <laughs> you know, healing, I don't know that, that I would get that same kind of result. So I feel right. that Reiki has a very palpable specific energetic signature that most people can feel. And then they feel it and it has its own intelligence and it goes into that person and does as much as it can do, as much as that person will allow it to do. Yeah, and it's always working for the highest good. So there's no need for the Reiki practitioner to have to be trying to diagnose, which they shouldn't do anyway if they're not a doctor. But, you know, the Reiki practitioner is just being an open channel and allowing the energy to move. Okay, so you do this Reiki on large groups of people. Explain that to draw the picture for me in my mind again. Where are the people and where are you? 
Well, actually, I recently did an online webinar for people all around the world uh, doing a free healing uh, through Solvana, which is an online educational center. And uh, But often at Omega Institute, through the R&R program, I'll do large healings on people, usually on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and you know, maybe 20, 30, even more people in a room. And I'll have everybody lie down, and I'll just start sending the energy, you know, again, being in communication with the energy itself. And often people go to sleep. Often people are snoring. Like Again, they're in a very deep place that wouldn't happen if I was just sending them nice thoughts. Right. So again, the, the, the energy is very palpable and very real in terms of the, the outcomes that, that I see. We're talking to Brett Bevel about Reiki. He is a master who knows all about it. He's written several books on the subject. What does the conversation sound like between you and the Reiki energy? Sure. So if I was talking to my Reiki crystal, I would just literally just be saying, you know, okay, send it Reiki now to my brain and nervous system. And I'll kind of like feel that click in. I'll say, say, send it now to my skeletal system. Or let's say if it was an energy, let's say I had the energy and issue with my knee, I would say, please send some Reiki now to my knee and feel that flow. So when I'm doing these group healings, I'm literally just having this conversation in my mind, telling it to send to the different systems of the body, the nervous system, the circulatory system, the respiratory system, muscular system, etc. So literally every layer of a person's being, even working into the more etheric layers, into the chakras, the meridians, the energetic bodies, so that all layers of, of those in the room are experiencing these vibrations of Reiki coming through those layers to basically cleanse and release whatever blockages might exist there. Right. And the Reiki is at your service. It's just waiting in your heart crystal, in your Reiki heart crystal, waiting to be sent out. Yeah, it's there, and it's, again, it's a, it's a very, I almost think of it as an energetic form of divine grace. It's just sitting there right in your own energy field, open and ready to be used for the highest good whenever you wish to. This energy, this divine grace that you carry with yeah. you, yeah. Um, does it feel like a friend, or does it feel like uh, the word? I'll, I'll answer you right before you even say the second part. To me, it feels like a friend. To me, it feels like being being a friend with with the supreme being, with the universe itself. Like, when, when I really can with this energy, I feel like they, I am friends with the entire universe, and that the entire universe is my friend, and that we're in collaboration to always be working for the highest good. Wonderful. When did you become friendly with the universe? When did you say, hey, this Reiki thing, it's for me? My first initiations were in the early 1990s, learning traditional Reiki, and immediately, even after my level one initiation, I felt this presence very profound for me. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, had a lot, had a lot of issues uh, growing up, sexual abuse, addictions, other issues that I had tried to heal through therapy and other traditional methods. And it was really when I tapped into Reiki that I was able to release those patterns from my life and go from being somebody who was kind of depressed and kind of a loner to being a very happy, open, you know, happily married, beautiful child, very successful uh, person. And the real transformation happened when I started doing Reiki and other forms of energy healing. That's when that's when the switch happened. Do you think is this this is where we're all headed, that one day we'll all evolve to the point where we use Reiki energy? Um, I think it's something that, that I see happening more and more. You know, again, it's always up to a person's free will whether they choose to participate in it or not. But I, I think it's so wonderful. Like, why, why not at least give it a try? And so I certainly see that the numbers growing exponentially and I think the potential to bring healing both on an individual level as well as to society and to the whole planet are enormous and unlimited so I really want to see this modality grow as much as possible and have as many people have access to it as would like access to it. Brett Bevel, Harness Reiki Energy. Learn how with him at Omega the first weekend in June. Find more at brettbevel.com.
Entrepreneurs looking to hone your message? What's your personal message? Spend a day of deep connection with Marcy Clark at the New York Open Center soon. Marcy joins us in a bit. This is Passover and Easter weekend, and that may mean family time for you. And if someone you love is suffering from memory loss, you may want to share the collection with them. Here's one of the writers who's contributed to the book, author Kathleen O'Connor. So this is a new book. It's an anthology. It's the first anthology created to deliver stories to adults suffering with memory loss. Flash fiction simply refers to very short pieces of fiction, maybe 500 words to 750 words, shorter even than what you would think of as a short story. And the book was inspired by my co-editor, Anne, Anne Anthony. Her mom was an avid reader her whole life. And as she got older, into her 80s, and she started suffering with early onset dementia and memory loss, this was a great joy that was no longer available to her. So she passed away last year, and she was the inspiration to put together a book of original flash fiction pieces and then encourage people to share these lovely stories with members in their own family, perhaps suffering memory loss, or out in the community as caregivers of adults who also are suffering memory loss. So the idea is to engage them and build connection and conversation with individuals maybe who are kind of isolated because of their memory loss problem. Wow, isn't that interesting? Something I've never thought of before, but yes, with memory loss, they lose so many things, including one of their loves, if, if they're a lover of, of reading. All right, so the book is called... The book is called The Collection, Flash Fiction for Flash Memory. Okay, The Collection, Flash Fiction for Flash Memory. Now, this is kind of a delicate subject. Do you give this book to Grandma and Grandpa and say, I know you can't read like you used to, but do you read it to them? How does it work? Well, you know, what we're encouraging people to do is to use it to stimulate connection and conversation. So we're recommending if it's somebody in your own family, say, I've got this great new book. Uh, it's got wonderful stories. Do you want to, you know, share one with me, read one with me? We had one woman who told us that she had a, a family get-together, and they had a bunch of cousins, and they passed the book around reading individual stories, and they had a great time. And they have older adults in their family who are suffering with memory loss. I think one of them said it was their great-grandmother. So one of them's going to take the book and go sit with her and tell her how the cousins all got together and share a few of the stories with her. So you can really do this any way. You can gift it to somebody or you can, hopefully, ideally, you can take it to them and have that moment of connection. Now, did you write all the stories? No. The stories, there's 60 individual flash fiction pieces. I wrote one that uh, was inspired by my niece, Caitlin, who had a love of Mickey Mouse. So my story is about a little girl who loves Mickey Mouse. Uh, Anne wrote one. And then we have 58 more by both established and emerging writers. These people, there's a rainbow of backgrounds. We have organic farmers, backyard chicken farmers, a retired judge, visual artists, screenwriters, dog lovers, pastry chefs, a bartender. So they're coming from all over. And we have a few from the UK, but most of them are from here uh, in the United States. You know, I think another book would be to get all those people in one room. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then right that's quite a crowd. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I know you're part of a very special writing group. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I belong to the International Women's Writing Guild. It's called the IWWG. It was founded in New York uh, over 40 years ago. It's a wonderful organization that empowers, inspires, and supports women writers at all levels. Uh, They have a big annual summer conference, and actually they have a conference in New York April 15th, the Spring Big Apple, and I'll be teaching at that this year. So if anybody's interested or in the area and is a woman writer, they can go to IWWG.org and find out about what the offerings are. Beautiful. And where can we find out more about the collection? You can find out more about the collection, actually, just go to Amazon. It's got all the information at the book. Just type in the book. Or you can go to my website, KathleenO'Connor.com, and I have it on my front page with the link to the Amazon page. And, you know, there are stories in here that are funny. There's stories that might make you cry. There's thrillers. There's some bizarre goings-on, and there's some really warm-hearted stories. So there is something for everyone in this book. Now, if anyone wants you to come, maybe to their facility or to their library or bookstore and read, are you open to that? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm doing some readings with various book clubs in Westchester County right now that have approached me, but I'm quite happy to come to a bookstore, a library, do a reading, and talk about this whole issue of connecting and sharing beloved stories and storytelling uh, with people with memory loss. Kathleen O'Connor. The book is called The Collection. We'll talk about your message and your vision coming up next. The body, it is a work of art, an incredible feat of engineering and a beautiful biological mystery. A mystery scientists work tirelessly to unravel. And while many questions remain, we now have new insight into why our immune system has difficulty detecting cancer cells in the body. This new understanding has led to a revolutionary approach called immunotherapy and a new hope for how we'll fight cancer in the future. This is Jimmy Smits, and I'm here with Stand Up to Cancer. Immunotherapy works by boosting our body's natural immune system empowering it to identify and eradicate many types of cancer cells. Speak with your doctor and visit su2c.org slash immunotherapy to see if this approach may be right for you or your loved one. Your body might just be your greatest hope. We don't believe the future can wait for the future. We are City of Hope doctors. We advance science that saves lives. City of Hope research has led to the development of synthetic human insulin and four of the most widely used cancer-fighting drugs. We are maximizing the potential of immunotherapy and making precision medicine a reality. We have performed more than 13,000 bone marrow and stem cell transplants with unparalleled survival rates. With three manufacturing facilities, we can turn laboratory discoveries into new therapies faster. Today, we are pioneering stem cell therapies for patients with cancer, diabetes, even autoimmune diseases. It's not enough to promise patients a future cure. We must find it now. For over a century, we've been driven to discover the answers that don't exist. Find out more at cityofhope.org. Hi, it's Casey. Shining on with sacred branding work now with PR specialist Marcy Clark. She's been at it for a long time. She brought the Vitamin R series to the New York Open Center, where there's always something wonderful happening. If you have a business 
or a purpose. You need to get clear about your message and your values. It's vital that the entrepreneur has a really strong relationship and conviction to their brand and their message. Because what you're saying day in and day out, that becomes your life. That becomes your life? Is that what you said? Yeah. So what, what you're, you're saying about. day in and day out becomes your life. Okay. Yeah. The conversations that you're in day in and day out shapes your life, right, Casey? Like, yes. This is why you choose to speak with people that inspire you. Right. Exactly. I see that it's crystal clear that the brands that are really successful, the CEO or founder or sole entrepreneur, still founder, they are crystal, crystal clear on what it is they're creating. They've got a stake in the ground and they're really rooted in creating something that's going to enrich their lives and others, and they're really clear on how it does that, and they can communicate that to the outside world. So many CEOs, founders, wellness individuals, they have their company name, but the way they've gotten to it is kind of hodgepodge. You know, they know where they want it to be, and they want to speak to that vision, but they're not there yet. Right. They're not doing this work all the time. The sacred branding work, you know, we do, we do meditations, we do visualization. We step into a space as either when I'm working one-on-one with people or in groups, like the series we're doing at the New York Open Center, where we are doing meditations where you get to listen to this still small voice that really knows what you are up to in the world, Mm -hmm. really knows what you're put here to do. And then we, as a group, so beautiful and inspiring, you know, the the power of a circle of, you know, individuals who are really up to things in life. People give each other the most beautiful brand language. It's like the most beautiful gift. Sometimes it's me, but sometimes it's you know, somebody else in the group, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you the ringer that, you know, they're going to think I paid you to be here? Like, brilliant, brilliant, you know, they're getting divine downloads for each other. Right, and and there's a generosity in the group. It's like, I understand what your business is. Here, take this phrase, this is what it means to me, right? It's so generous because we're in a space that, you know, there's infinite possibilities. We're talking to Marcy Clark. She has a vitamin R series at the Open Center and a sacred uh, vision branding day coming up. And you know, you mentioned, especially with solopreneurs, you can feel like you're such on rocky ground because when you start a new business, it changes almost minute by minute. I know when I started, like I had to change my website every day, like every week. Oh it's my like, gosh. I wasn't that, I'm not that anymore. Now I'm this and now I'm this and now I'm this, you know, and it really is, it's, it's hard to keep up with. I have a question though. What are the smaller businesses, maybe the solopreneurs, what are they doing wrong when it comes to branding? Are they too scattered? Are they not uh, focused enough? So what really works is when someone is crystal clear on what their values are, their personal values, which they won't cross, right, and their brand values. When you look at a company, they're crystal clear on what their value is and what they provide to people that are coming to see them. Like how the person is going to have experience transformation or support, the space that they're providing, the permission they're giving, but you know, they're crystal, crystal clear on communicating that. And a lot of people you talk to, you talk to healers, they say, well, I'm able to do this or this beautiful thing happened in a session. They can talk about it, but it's a lot of work. With 
the sacred branding retreat that we have coming up April 8th, and our, even before that, this Wednesday, we have uh, Creating Visions in Community, which is the kickoff event at the, at the Open Center. This series is a six-month series. We delve into creating your purpose statement. You get crystal, crystal clear on that. We have improv for relationship building, like how can you authentically be fully present in the moment relating to others. All these different skills, but at the core of it is what is the value that you keep bringing to others that is a through line through all your service. Marcy Clark can help you get clear about your message. Spend a day vision working with her at the Open Center in New York, Sacred Branding Work. That still small voice knows what you should be doing and what you should be saying. Our thought for the day comes from Carl Jung. Your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakes? See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, and Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kc.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join KC for another edition of Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.